Welcome to Change of Plans. I'm Andres Zuleta. On Change of Plans, we feature stories of resilience and reinvention, interviewing entrepreneurs and other creative individuals who have found fun and inspiring ways to adapt to sudden, unexpected challenges. My guest today is Nick Heath, a rugby commentator who was inspired to turn his skills to hilariously describing scenes of ordinary life when the world of sport shut down in the wake of the coronavirus. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andres. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, I just watched a few more of your videos and uh, put me in a good mood. So <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> Glad to hear it. It's, uh, as long as we're raising a smile uh, in these little times at the minute, then, uh, then that's a good thing. So tell me about the moment when you realized that it might be a while before you would have a chance to commentate on a live rugby match again. Yeah, so uh, so I'm a play-by-play announcer, commentator. Um, I was working on, I worked mainly in rugby union, um, and uh, I was working on the annual international Six Nations tournament, which is between England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, France, and Italy. And we were three rounds in out of five um, in the middle of uh, yeah middle of February, really, um, and then going into March, and then looking forward to to the last sort of concluding couple of rounds and then it, it started to become apparent that the the COVID-19 virus was infecting one or two players and so there was some isolation going on and then we started to wonder whether the games were going to go ahead and and then you could start to see that across the world uh, the picture was becoming clearer that that this was something serious that things were getting getting shut down uh, for the greater good and and so I started to think, well, okay, I'm I'm probably not going to have any games to commentate on for maybe the next three, four weeks, maybe six weeks at the most. But hopefully, we'll things will get back on track. And I, I think probably a lot of people at that that time, a couple of months ago, thought that it it might be a relatively short lived thing. And and I think as many of us across the world are realizing now, uh, it's a, it's a much bigger deal than we first thought. So yeah, I could just see that uh, the uh, the work I I know and love uh, was was disappearing before my eyes. So. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a case of just just going for a walk, thinking about what the future might hold, uh, how the next few weeks might pan out. Albeit at that time, like I say, thinking that it wasn't going to be too long. Um, and uh, yeah, I just happened to to see a couple of guys in the park kicking a kicking a soccer ball around, and decided to to film them and just put a silly <laughs> parody commentary voice over the top of them. And uh, and then things started to blow up from there, really. So I I, I did about four clips to begin with of just what I could see going on in and around where I live in Southwest London. And then uh, they were played out on the main BBC Radio 1 breakfast show over here the next morning um, without my knowledge, but I got a fair amount of messages from people who listen in just saying, I think I've just heard you on the radio. Um, and then, yeah, the world started listening and, and then I was going more viral than the virus. <laughs> <laughs> so walk me back to this first video that you did. So you're just having a bit of fun mm. and you, you know, see these guys playing uh, soccer or football. Um, you know, how did that come to you? How did it occur to you to post that? And at that moment, did you have any idea that anything at all would come of that? No, I'd love, I'd love to tell you that there was a big strategy involved here, Andres, but uh, it was a case of being sat there on a bench and just having a look over and going, I might as well film them and put, put a silly voice over the top and put it on my Twitter feed and maybe a handful of my followers will like it. <laughs> that, was, that was about as much forethought as went into it, to be honest. Um, 
and uh, and then I was walking around. I thought, oh well, actually, maybe I'll do two or three of these. And uh, and so yeah, I sort of found found a, a scene at the local market where people were sort of buying fruit and veg, and and then saw the the, the sort of crosswalk and thought, well, okay, I'll I'll maybe film that and guess people get get people when the lights turn green and the and the you know the beep start, I'll get them, and it almost looks like a race anyway. Um, so uh, so I decided to voice that, and yeah, it was I put them online, and then a few hours later, I noticed that combined they'd had about 60,000 views which would be uh probably 60,000 times as many views as I might expect them to have had so um at that stage I was like oh it seems there's a bit of an appetite for these kind of things so you know it seems like in just reading people's responses to the videos you know you've put a smile on people's faces and people really appreciate that at what is otherwise a dark time for a lot of people so I guess I'm just curious if you have an idea of you know, what put you in a position when you were sitting on that park bench instead of kind of being down in the dumps uh, to think, you know what, let me just have some fun with this? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm a fairly positive person. I'm a, I'm a sort of realist. Um, I'm not a pessimist or I wouldn't say I'm a crazy optimist, but I certainly, you know, I, I like to try and see a route through things. Um, and I know I've, I've got a bit of a creative streak alongside, uh, you know, the, the other elements of my character. And so, yeah, I think, you know, I thought I'd put the video out just for a bit of fun, but obviously I hadn't quite understood perhaps at that point how many people were, even internationally speaking, um, really after a bit of levity. Um, and I think as people were getting to grips with being locked down and, and not being able to have the freedom that they had before and being anxious about loved ones and older members of their family that they couldn't go and see because they might be on high risk. As we started to understand the risks that our friends and family that work in the, the healthcare provision services were taking on, uh, it, it became sort of more understandable and, and more serious, I think. And, and as, as that was beginning to happen and and people were then I guess identifying with the fact that okay this is a this is a sports commentator that would normally be doing sport but we're not going to have any of that for a while so this is what he's turned his hand to I think there was there was amusement on that score uh I think uh the sort of phraseology and, and bits and pieces that I've used have have entertained people and and then I think it became became the case for a lot of people that they were drawn to it because it made them laugh and it's been amazing to to have the messages that I've that I've had from people who've just said, you know, I've I've finished a twelve hour shift on the front line in a hospital. I've I've seen you know I've seen people lose their lives, and I've got into my car, and I've barely laughed for the first time today. And that's that's something I didn't realise how much I needed. And and to be providing that moment for people is is incredibly humbling. I'm you know I'm the sort of guy that if I find something that's funny, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a good bash. And then I'll say, look, let, let's leave the joke there. Cause you don't want to kill it. But I've been in such demand from people that have said, I need more of these. It's getting me through this time. So I've done about 30 of these clips now. So it seems like this has gotten a little bit bigger than you had anticipated in a good way um, in terms of, you know, how people have reacted to this. So, you know, you did the first few just off the cuff without a grand strategy in mind. And then you saw the response did you have any moment of trepidation of, oh gosh, how, you know, how can I follow up and keep doing this? Because, you know, you're in a different mindset now. Yeah, certainly. And, and you go, okay, now people know what, now 
you know, I know what people are liking and therefore I've got to make sure I keep up a certain level of quality here editorially and, and creatively and, and with the humour as well. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's felt like a little bit of pressure. Um, I think what's been nice is that the audience have been generous enough uh, to, to sort of jump on each one that I put out and say, oh, this is the best one yet, or this one's my favourite, or, you know, this is the one I, I want to buy a T-shirt of or whatever it is. Um, and, and that's been great because I'm fairly sure that there have been some I put out that haven't been as good as some of the earlier ones maybe or whatever it might be. Um, but I think people are on board enough and, and they've been championing me enough, which has just been really humbling um, to, to be positive about, you know, most of the ones I put out. And it's, I think it's my responsibility to make sure that, that anything I put out isn't rubbish. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, if I was drawn into just, you know, putting something out every day, then I'm fairly sure the quality would have sunk uh, a long way by now. So, uh, so yeah, there, there has been a bit of that pressure. And, um, you know, those first couple I did in the park, I was voiceovering into my phone at the time. Um, but then after that, I think partly due to a lot of the scenarios I was in, it was becoming quite apparent that, for example, being in a, in a, you know, a store where people are buying clothes and, and shouting about what they're up to probably wouldn't have gone down very well. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've got into the habit now of filming stuff, having an idea in my head about what I'm going to say and then taking it home and, and sticking the voiceover on afterwards. Um, and, uh, and that allows the brain just to think of perhaps those one or two extra lines. But, you know, it's still bringing about the art of commentary, which I love, which is saying what you see ultimately. And, and if you can just put an extra layer of, of sporting noise over the top and, you know, perhaps suggest that someone's from a particular country or come up with a name of the event that you can almost see is happening in front of you then i think for a few people it's almost acting as the placebo of sport that they're without mm. um it's it's scratching that itch definitely yes when i was watching the one of of the people crossing the street you know i definitely found myself rooting um <laughs> for people that i didn't know who were just crossing the street and just kind of laughed at myself um you know i think one of the really interesting things that you mentioned was that not only is this bringing joy to people because the videos are funny but also something about the the fact that you should actually be doing your normal job, but you're doing this instead resonated with people. Um, when did it occur to you to, I guess, try and take advantage of the moment and, you know, basically find other ways to, you know, make the most of kind of this unique moment that you have this opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it, Obviously, losing the work in front of me uh, over the course of the next few months, I've, I've been having a very good year. I mean, the rugby season runs from uh, September through to sort of May, June. Um, and I was very busy this season. Um, so I was looking forward to another two, three months being being particularly busy and ultimately lucrative, bringing money in uh, to help pay the mortgage and, and sustain me and my partner. Um, and uh, and all of that went. So, yeah, I wasn't sure how how any of this might uh, might help. but when you have sites like Patreon out there and, and ways people can subscribe to podcasts with extra features and all these kind of things, I just thought, well, is there any way I can try and get people to, to contribute and, and perhaps help me try and raise some income? And I was aware of a site called Buy Me A Coffee uh, where you can put a link and people can drop in, you know, a few bucks or a few pounds or whatever. So um, as soon as it sort of started going going viral and the interest was up within sort of 24, 48 hours, I just thought, well, actually, maybe I'll just stick a, a link on my on my Twitter feed and just say, look, if if it's making you laugh, then then feel free to to buy me a coffee, so to speak. And 
extraordinarily and and you know I, I was blown away an awful lot of people did um and I, as a friend said to me well it's it's the busker rule isn't it you know if you stop long enough to listen then you've got to drop a couple of quid in the hat mm. um so so that that was great i then realized how much of a markup or margin they were taking from the contribution so i i swiftly replaced that link with my own paypal link um and just said look here's another link if you want to want to do that and and just kept it up there and um by the end of the sort of three, four weeks that I've, I've been producing the initial lot, um, there was there was a decent amount of money in there, and it, and it has been able to help help me pay the mortgage and, and keep myself in in food over the last month or two. So I'm incredibly grateful to everybody that's done that, and it and it just goes to show that actually people in these kind of scenarios go, well, it's not going to cost me an awful lot to put a couple of bucks in the hat, and and if you know a couple of hundred people do that, well, then this guy's getting some income for using his talent and creativity to to put something out there that entertains and and i've been i've had my heart warm should it's probably the best expression for actually that sort of relationship people understanding that well if it was if it was worth the entertainment then then i don't mind contributing something financial for it and uh, yeah that, that's been incredible what would you say has been the biggest challenge you know over the last few weeks and related to that what do you see as your biggest challenge kind of moving forward into the uncertain future? I think the fun yet, yet challenging thing has actually been keeping up with, with the interaction and the messages and, and these kind of things. I mean, it, it, it's, it's quite a ride to go viral, um, <laughs> but it's, it go, it goes at a heck of a pace as well. You know, I, I, I work in, in my, in my field of rugby. I, I was on Twitter quite early on talking about rugby. So I'd built up 15,000 followers as, as a relatively unknown guy. And, and I'm, I'm relatively well known by people within rugby. Um, but I'm, I'm not a, a major sportscaster on a specific network. So, so I'd be the guy sort of sweeping up all the rest of the games, maybe a kind of B team player. Um, and so I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had a great big profile and I've gone from having as an example 15,000 followers on on Twitter over the course of about 2 weeks to 129,000 wow. um because it just took off in the UK and particularly in the USA as well um who seem to probably just love the stupid plummy British accent um <laughs> but uh <laughs> um and of course the highbrow content that I'm producing let me let me not do it down um but uh, so I think the challenge, part of the biggest challenge has been keeping up with that and people sending messages and you don't want to ignore people. But at the same time, when you've got 100, 200 messages coming to you and, and, and people sending you DMs and stuff, it, it can be quite overwhelming to deal with. So, so that's been tricky, but I, it's sort of it's calmed down a bit now. So I'm managing it a little bit better. Um, and, uh, and I think the, sort of, the biggest challenge to come really is is trying to understand and trying to get to grips with when when the real sport will will return you know th- this has been been an awful lot of fun and there there may still be more to come on on the kind of life commentary videos i've been doing and um and perhaps other associated ways i can present bits of creative content that are sport related alongside when the sport returns we'll have to wait and see but i think everybody's hoping that that the strategies to keep the virus at bay mean we're going to be able to to get back to these kind of things sooner even if it means some some games are being played behind closed doors but you know that's still not what sport's really about it's about the crowd it's about the atmosphere it's it's people supporting and and making the noise and um but you know there's a lot of money in sport and so people will feel that that games have to be played and things moved on but it's it's fairly uncertain on that front so um you know I've, i've been 
again, sort of harking back to those people that have contributed. Um, I think, as we all know, your the, the 15 minutes of fame does conclude at some point. And although I hope to be continuing to work in the media, the, the spotlight of the of the stuff that I've done over the last few weeks will soon go out, I imagine. And and I need to have made made hay while the sun shines because it, it may be that the work as I know it is still not really going to come back for another six months or, or, or God forbid, another 12 months. So, uh, yeah, that, that side of it is pretty uncertain. But at the same time, this week is OK. Um, and, uh, and I'm hosting a couple of pub quizzes online as well. And, and people contribute through doing those. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's a case of sort of working week to week and month to month. But partly as a freelancer, that, that was my life before to a certain degree anyway. So it's, it's just about keeping the faith, I think. Definitely. We used to take being able to plan for the future a little bit for granted. And I think for a lot of us, you know, that's changed to the degree that, you know, it feels safer to plan for a week, a few weeks, you know, a month. But beyond that, it's really hard to make predictions. It is. Yeah. I mean, even my husband earlier was saying, I just, I just feel a bit in limbo at the minute. We've, you know, our, we've had our government in theory suggest some changes to the lockdown, but actually in reality, they're not changing an awful amount. And, and, you haven't got that summer holiday to look forward to because that's probably not going to go ahead. And so what can you plan? Well, until you know that things are changing, then you can't really plan. And, and so it, yeah, it sort of, it has that slight, slightly endless feeling, which I think is difficult for all of us to, to, to cope with in terms of hanging our hats on something to look forward to. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I completely acknowledge that you started doing live commentary without a, an overarching strategy and couldn't have envisioned that it would lead to this point. But what advice would you give to individuals, small business people, other commentators, people who are, you know, out of work or just struggling right now to, you know, to feel positive and to find hope? I think, I think what I've learned out of this is, uh, which is sort of, I guess, sort of something I would, I would heartily pass on and I appreciate it sounds like one of those slightly fluffy bits of advice, but um, there have been various moments through this process where I've, uh, in the last few weeks, where I've had to just trust my instinct and trust my gut on things. And uh, over the years, I've wanted to do that, but then I've been influenced by someone else's opinion on something or I've, I've overthought it. And actually, throughout this last few weeks, I've wanted to react quickly to to people liking certain bits of it and go, okay, let's do a bit more of that. Or, um, you know, I, I I was think I was sat staring out of the window at my desk where I'm sat now in in, in London, and and I, I sort of thought, I wonder if this has got silly enough to the point of creating merchandise to do a t-shirt or something out of it. And then about a day later, someone messaged me on Instagram and said, if you did a t-shirt of the Spaniel Speedway, I would hmm. buy one. And I thought, you know what, I've, I've got to go with this. Um, and as commercial an ad- adver- advertisement as this sounds, it, it's more about the experience I had. And, and I've sold 500 pieces of merchandise related to, to everything, to the designs at least that we've released, related to various videos. And, and it was a gut instinct to do it. It was a gut instinct to bring a friend of mine on who's a fantastic designer. And I've been able to pay her through the money that each one's made a proper day rate for a designer. So I'm, I'm kind of sharing the love creatively with them. And, and I think, you know, people out there, are having to think outside the box. But if you think that there's an, an idea worth trying, then I would just say to go for it as, as hard as you possibly can. Make it look convincing. Do it as best as you possibly can, whether it's, you know, small catering companies or bars and restaurants and people going, look, why don't we, 
why don't we you know sell sell beers in a way that we've not done before or we could pour them and put them outside and people can come and you know put money in a pot and take them away and we could try it or you know, whatever it might be these these various things that, that people can do or or offer different services online and, and via video or audio that, that people might be able to engage with and and I think people are willing to accept during all of this that people are trying and I think there is a generous spirit out there for that and that that risk is a little lower I appreciate that Obviously, finances aren't coming into a lot of people, and so spending money isn't something people want to do. But there's an awful lot you can do out there to engage with your community, engage with your audience, make them feel worthwhile, um, and uh, and hopefully, then as things start to change, those relationships are stronger. You've got customers that feel you know more bound to you, and and ultimately, there's a there's a reciprocal relationship that that people will feel honour bound to to continue you know being a part of. I love it. How can our listeners in the US, the UK, Australia, and elsewhere support you? Look, it's uh, it's been an amazing ride so far, and it, you know, people all over the world have been very supportive. Um, there there are the bits of merchandise if people so so feel, but uh, yeah, look, I've, I've got a I've got a PayPal link which uh, is uh, around and about. People are, are dropping contributions in there, and it means an awful lot. Uh, people are doing my my twice weekly Nick's Pub quiz. We had a fancy dress on on Saturday. I just asked forty questions on on a live YouTube over the course of an hour. And uh, yeah, we have people tuning in all over the world. We have E.L. James, the author of the 50 Shades series, who takes part in almost every wow. quiz. I mean, there's my, there's my celeb, celeb drop for you. Um, <laughs> whether that's giving it more artistic merit or less <laughs> in people's eyes, that's up to them. Um, but uh, it's wonderful to have, uh, to have her on board. Um, we've got a crazy little community, of sort of one to 2,000 people that, that tune into each one of those. And, and that's fantastic fun. Yeah, I think the, the best way people can, can be supportive really is just to, is to try and stay positive and, and join in and, and, and know that I think the more we can all do together uh, to, to stick to the various guidelines that our governments are giving us um, and to just try and be positive and be sensible, um, the better. You know, I, I think without being too political about it, I think this is the word, the word of the year is going to be unprecedented, I think. And because of that, you've got people in positions of, albeit power, but they haven't necessarily been here before. They don't know what what the right thing is. They're trying to navigate their way through it. No one wants to make a decision that's going to leave more people in hospital or, or more people in the mortuary. And, and so people are, are sort of doing their best, I think. And although it's our right and our duty to hold these people to account and for them to, to do the very best they can, I think it's also our duty as citizens to go, well, well what is likely to be the best thing that I can do here? And, and do your best to, to be, be a decent person and, and fight this thing together. And then you know, the, then we're all out of it the other side and, and the world can go back to normal, really. And I think that's, that's just what we all want out of it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for uh, taking the time today. It's an absolute pleasure, Andres. Thanks very much for, uh, for inviting me on. Of course, we're honored. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. To get our newest episodes every Tuesday and Friday, make sure to hit subscribe. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in.